Welcome to Discover Grace Podcast, a podcast made for finding God's grace in a disgraceful world. Youth pastors Garrett Lamb and Dalton Dickerson will be discussing practical truths and convicting topics from God's Word. Join us in striving together to build a stronger love for God and love for others. Welcome to Discover Grace Podcast. This is your host, Garrett Lamb, and here with Dalton Dickerson. Dalton, tell us a little bit about your week. Yeah, it's good to be on here with you. Um, yeah, we've been working on my pinky. For those of you, just a quick update on my hand mm-hmm. with the, the accident that we had. Uh, but yeah, I've been working on therapy and, and trying to get my pinky mobilized. But man, I've been going to therapy, and uh, it takes a little bit to get that thing broken in. Uh, they gave me a thing called a torture strap, so... You, you know it hurts when when the the name is torture strap and uh anyhow it just basically ties down my pinky all the way uh to full uh motion and i have to hold it there for like five minutes so that's been interesting wow. trying to get my pinky back to where it needs to be uh so mm-hmm. quick update there but god's been really good to us um the scar is healing up good um but yeah that's, that's basically what's been going on had a couple basketball games this this past week and we won those mm-hmm. and uh uh, so yeah, it's been going good. What about yeah. you, Garrett? Nice. Yeah, I've had a pretty good week. I've had a, a lot of preparation for some things we're doing this coming month for the church. Um, we've got a lot of Christmas stuff going on. Um, it's just been a lot of preparation, a lot of hard work, but it's been good work. Um, nothing crazy. I've, I've had a few few good soul winning stories, but I don't know if I could share all of them on the podcast. I don't know if they'd be appropriate, but, um, but yeah, we had, a, we had a great week at the church, um, good spirit at the church. We, we decorated uh, all of the auditorium, the foyer, and it just looks really, really good. We have a lady in our church that does it and a very first class, just really, really beautiful. Um, but as far as our week is a pretty fast week, but uh, nothing out of the ordinary this week. So I, I think I can uh, count my blessings on that. No flat tires, nothing like that. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> yeah. So as far as your, your pinky goes, is did they give you a timetable on how long it's going to take to get back to full recovery? You know, they, they kind of said um, within a couple of months, uh, I'll be better. Um, I have no splint on right now, so I'm, I'm wow. free and open. So that's nice. Uh, the only mm. thing is they said I might have a lag for the rest of my life. So when I go to wave at someone, my pinky might be bowing down a little bit, but Hey, I'd rather have that <laughs> than have no pinky. So, uh, yeah. I got that as a plus. And, for uh, real? you know, Garrett last night, you sent that picture to me and that mm-hmm. looked, that looked just like me besides the rolled jeans yeah. at the bottom. Maybe you can tell me about that real quick before we get into the podcast. Yeah. So me and my wife are, uh, at target and we went to a couple different stores and we're Christmas shopping, and I look over, and this guy looks exactly like Dalton. Like his hair, he had a hat on, uh, he had a mask on, so I don't know what his face looked like. Um, but his his figure, stature, waist would stand, the way he'd walk, his outfit um, looked exactly like Dalton. So I texted him and sent him a picture, and uh, and even you were like, "Man, that does look like me." It does. <laughs> So it was, it was crazy. I, I really had to do, do a double take because I thought it was you. Yeah. It, was, it was wild. But it yeah. Surprised you uh, in, in Ohio walking around, you know? Yeah. Just say, hey, surprise. <laughs> <laughs> hey, and I uh, I saw on, on social media, now you were at the, the hack tournament, right? Yeah. With the, yep. with the boys. <clears throat> were you there for the Joey Cowling shot? Oh, I was. Yeah. It made, it made the news too. I heard that. Yeah. yeah. So for those of you that are listening, this this kid that uh, plays for Hammond Baptist up in, in Indiana school, he threw a pass. There was a pass, right? 
It wasn't even yeah, supposed to be a shot. It was supposed to be a pass. Yeah. So it's supposed to be a pass, but he threw it full court and made the shot with yeah. like two and a half minutes left in a quarter. Yeah. So at first, that's what I was thinking. I'm like, why is he shooting it with that much time left? But yeah, he, he nailed it. That was crazy. Yeah. I think Were it was there rebound. Live for it? Yeah, I was there live for it. He got a rebounder still and kind of it was on the three point line or close to it, I think. And I mean, mm-hmm. one of his players were pu- was pushing up the court and he tried to pass, you know, down the court. And, and of course, you know, totally missed the player, but but made it made the shot. Um, there wasn't it didn't hit the backboard, just went straight in. So that, I think that's what made it so, so cool. Um, that is crazy. But yeah, I'd rather be lucky shot. than good, as they say. Right. Yeah, <laughs> that's really cool. Well, we're excited about our guest that we're going to have on today. And this is someone who knows me pretty well, I would say. And that is uh, my dad. And my dad is going to be the guest for today. He's been a pastor at Landmark Baptist Church in Parkersburg, West Virginia, my home church uh, for the last 34 years. And I'm the youngest of his six kids. And uh, we're grateful and honored to have him on here. And uh, thanks for being on here, Dad. Oh, you're welcome. It's good to be on here. I appreciate the invitation. Yeah, yeah, it took us long enough to get you on here. <laughs> Been a couple, couple of months, but we finally yeah. got it done. Well, you caught me, you know, years ago, and uh, we were fairly limited on some things as far as finances. But I used to uh, take uh, the money that I would get for funerals, and I would save it all year long, and that's what we'd go on family vacation. And mm-hmm. when Dr. Ron Garris was still living, he found that out. So every time he would see me. In his own voice, he'd, he'd say, well, Brother Lamb, how's the how's the funeral business going? Are you going to get a good, are you, are you going to get a good vacation this year? But, uh, yeah, you just happened to catch me. I've had, uh, I think, eight weeks in a row I've had at least one funeral, so we've just mm-hmm. had a hard time connecting here. It's usually from November to March. You get a, um, when you've pastored as long as I have, you get the people that you've led to the Lord, the people in the community, you've done their family services. So it, it gets kind of crazy this time of year. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of connections. And for those of you um, that don't know my dad, we, we would be in Parkersburg and uh, we could even be on vacation and someone would stop us and they always know our dad. And we'd be like, who is this person? <laughs> but uh, everybody everybody knows my dad, but it's probably because of the hair. I think more than maybe the pastor. <laughs> you got, got the white hair. You got that going for you, dad. <laughs> Man, but uh, here I was thinking maybe it was the power of God or faithfulness. And <laughs> I, I'm blown away to find out it was just my hair. I know. Well, all the pe- people are always like, Man, you have good hair. They tell me that. And then they see a picture of my dad and they're like, oh your dad has better hair than you. <laughs> I was like, yeah, maybe one day I'll get there. But, uh, but anyways, um, with all that kind of want to jump into the questions now. And uh, first okay. question I have for you, dad is, um, you know, with, with our church, um, growing up at landmark, um, obviously we have people probably a visitor almost just about every week. Um, but what is your main goal? Um, when someone walks in the door at landmark, what do you want them to walk away with? Well, you want them to walk away with, um, you know, the sense, uh, every, a lot of churches have a motto and, uh, I bought a motto years ago. We don't promote it a lot, but it's kind of the underlying and that is there's a difference come and see. And, uh, I want them to know there's a difference. What I mean by that is, you know, you can go to church sometimes and churches range anywhere from nothing more than just an entertainment center where you would think if you walked in, you know, the sign says church, but you think you're at a rock concert. Uh, 
you know, then the other mm-hmm. extreme is you, you walk into church and, and uh, it is so dead and so boring, you know, uh, one might scare you to death and the other will bore you to death. But I truly want people to sense, you know, that God makes a difference in your life. And uh, whether it's, you know, I want our people, my goal for our, our regular folks is that they connect with God. You know, mm-hmm. we get so busy in our lives that people don't connect with God. So whether it's, uh, you know, the song service, the offering specials, the, the preaching, I want them to be connected. And that my goal is that that visitor understands that because as we know, God can make a tremendous difference in your life. You know, going to church, if, if, if we sense the Lord and, and understand that he can make that difference, then it's going to, you know, it's going to uh, push that person to seek the Lord, you know? Mm-hmm. So I want them to understand it's God that makes it real. And I want it to be real to them, not, not religion. You know, the church doesn't change people's lives. The Lord does. So if they can yeah. walk away, if they can walk away with that sense and, and normally they don't understand it, you know, um, I think even as a young Christian and, and you both are, are experienced, you know, exactly what I'm talking about. You might be on vacation or visiting, you walk in some church and, and you, frankly, you feel sorry for people. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, wow, there's just not a lot here. And uh, yet it's always refreshing to go to a church where, you know, the pastors walk with God, you know, the people have been, um, you know, they're faithful. They, there's people that walk with God, know how to get a hold of God in prayer and, and the services is real and mm-hmm. uh, you walk away blessed. So, you know, ultimately in a short, uh, if you're asking me what I want them to walk away with, it's to be blessed, but I want that to mm-hmm. come from the fact that, uh, they they may not be able to put their finger on it, but something was different. Yeah, yeah, and I, I've definitely been in churches in both of those cases where I've I feel like man, this is a great service just visiting, but I've also been in those churches that uh, man, you're almost glad when the service is over. <laughs> and I'm sure you've probably been a part of a service like that before, right, Dalton? Yeah, I have. You know, if you drop a pin or you know if if you make a sudden move, everyone looks at you. Um, yeah, those are the services you just want to get out of. Now, mm-hmm. Pastor Lamb, uh, it's great yes. to have you on here. Uh, when I think of, when I think of you, I think of uh, that time that me, Garrett, and I, I think uh, who was it? it was John Milton, another guy from mm-hmm. college, went to Cedar Point mm-hmm. uh, and met up with your church and youth group there. And Pastor Lamb is a, is a guy I feel like no matter what you say, he can carry on a conversation. Uh, he just kind of knows mm-hmm. a little bit about everything. And so it's great to have you on here, but kind of stemming off the last question uh, that, that Garrett asked, you know, every, every week, you know, on Sunday mornings, uh, Sunday night, Wednesday night, you, you wake up and, and you go in to preach to the people. Um, how do you keep that, that zeal or that compassion or love uh, for the people walking in the doors? How do you keep that compassion and motivation to preach them uh, each and every week? Well, really, it, it stems, um, it, it's not hard at all. It's not something I have to work at. Um, you know, what you have to work at is, is walking with the Lord mm-hmm. and, and growing in the Lord. Because as you do, uh, one, it's very convicting how much, how much more he loves you. Um, you know, and, and as you preach and teach, you, you're privileged. You know, as, as you uh, fellows heard, I know Brother Wilkerson says it often, the one that does the teaching does the learning. And so as, as you are privileged as a pastor to study the word of God and, and, uh, and uh, read it, you, you learn more and more about him, but it also, the more we see him, the, the word of God and, and, and God himself are a mirror that show us what we're not. And uh, so, 
um, that love, when you, when you understand the love God has for us, yeah, give an example, Sunday, uh, somebody asked me a great question last week, and I had two funerals, so I couldn't answer them right away, but the question was, one of the church members sent me a text and said, preacher, if there was one thing that I could pray for, for our church, and, um, you know, what would it be? And, and honestly, that was a very probing question. So I didn't have time to answer them right away. But as I thought about it, after I, uh, the latter part of the week, God used that to lead me to a sermon. What is the one thing that I would ask? You know, what's the one thing that's lacking? And, and the answer in a nutshell was that people see Christ. Uh, and that sounds like a general term. But what I mean is truly see who he is. And uh, ended up on Sunday night preaching from Revelation chapter one, where John saw Christ. And he gives a description. Of course, he, he uses symbolisms where he's talking about like, you know, he's like, he's like. And, and the first one is he's in a long robe, which a long robe to the feet. He's very specific. It goes to the feet back then would picture his being a priest and him being a king. And then his paps, it says, are, are wrapped in gold, uh, which speaks of purity and royalty. And uh, so the first picture God wants to see is he's a, he's a priest and a king, but he's absolutely pure. Mm -hmm. So that means everything he does, you know, everything he does in our life is, is motivated by his grace, his compassion, and his mercy. Those are the three manifestations of his love. Um, so all that to say, you know, it, it, the more you know him and the more you, you study and preach about him, the more it motivates you. People need someone to love them unconditionally. Um, you know, when you first start in a ministry, I think anybody that would be honest, a lot of times it's about you. You know, you want to build your church. You know, you, uh, in fact, a lot of guys ruin themselves because they try to, quote unquote, build their own brand. You know, the, the more you forget about yourself and see the other people, the more effective you are and the more we're like him. So to answer your question, the motivation just comes because I, I want to be like him. People, people need to see him, you know, that we're living in a world, you know, the, the Bible's clear in the last days and, and, uh, uh, Timothy chapter, uh, number three, men will be lovers of their own selves. And then it starts off by the first thing after that, they're covetous, they're proud, you know, as it goes through the list of proud boasters, blasphemers, you know, uh, they have unnatural affection, disobedient to parents. And I'm just flying through the list. Mm -hmm. But every one of those traces back, what is the root cause? And the root cause is simply folks don't see Christ. Because when you see him and, and then see who you are, you're not like that. Mm -hmm. You know, that all that all stems from loving ourselves. So um, it, it, it comes from, my, you know, my life was changed by him. And, and I've never got over. I want other folks to enjoy that. You know, there was a time and a day in my life, I had everything and I had nothing. And uh, Garrett knows my story. Well, I tell it often because you never get over it. But, um, you know, good athlete, good student, a um, lot of opportunities ahead of me as a teenager. And yet I was miserable. You know, I had everything that most kids could ever want. And, and yet, I didn't even want to wake up. And, um, but once, once, you know, the Lord became a, a part of my life, I got saved, but he became, you know, the central figure in my life. It all changed. You mm -hmm. didn't care what you, you didn't care what you had because you had everything you needed. Mm. Yeah.
Man, that that's, that's really good advice. And, and obviously dad, I, I know that there's times in ministry that you get discouraged and, um, and there's no doubt times that you have low points. And as a pastor, you, you really spend a lot of time in prayer with people and, and a lot of your personal time, just talking about, you know, doing these funerals and such. Um, how do you encourage yourself? Maybe it's, if it's a church member or, or someone you've really been working on and they kind of just fall by the wayside or, or maybe get into sin and fall out of church. Um, mm-hmm. How do you encourage yourself as a pastor not to get too discouraged, you know, with those, those downfalls of people? Um, how do you encourage yourself and lift yourself back up um, to go out and reach more people? Well, um, two, there's almost two questions there. I'll answer one and then hopefully I won't mm-hmm. forget the other one. But uh, the second part is uh, what encourage you to reach other people. That'll be the mm-hmm. second part. But the first part, it, it really, you know, Dr. House years ago encouraged us to make a science of ourselves. You know, he, it, it, it sounds so simple, but it's so true. He said, when you had a good day, write down everything that happened. And that's a recipe, you know, just like uh, if you're baking a cake or, you know, any, anything you're doing, you know, if you're painting a bus, you learn how to mix the paint, right. You know, so that's not too, you know, it's, it's not spitting out, you know, but it's not too thin where it's running. So you have a, you know, a recipe. Well, basically what it was saying, it wasn't just about you having a good day. That's about studying yourself. And, and what you find out real quickly, if you want to, you know, make it in the ministry is you're affected by the people. So you're so tied to your church members when they're down, it'll pull you down. You know, when you've invested in a young person, you know, being a youth director is is probably one of the most difficult jobs in all the world for several reasons. One is, uh, and I know you and Dalton are both youth directors, you only have them for a very short time. You know, mm-hmm. right now, if, if you know, when you start with a young person and they're in seventh grade or so, you it, it just seems like you're going to have them for a long time. And then after a while, you realize, wow, in six years, they're gone and, and, and your influence as youth director just like a influence as a parent suddenly diminishes uh, and sometimes completely evaporates, you know, where you have almost no, um, no ability to help them. And so you realize how tied you are to people. And so the, the key is you've also got to find out who you tie yourself to that brings you back up. So there's really two resources that uh, help me. Number one is, 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 you know, and again, I'm going to sound like a broken record, but it's the Lord. Mm-hmm. Typically, when I'm when I'm struggling, I just get alone. Um, Vance Havner said years ago, "If you don't come apart, you'll come apart." And what he means is, you know, if you study the the Gospels carefully, you'll find times Jesus got away from everybody. You know, after mm-hmm. he fed the five thousand, he went to the mountain. You know, time and time again, there's just it, it just sort of slides it in there so subtle. If you're not looking for it, you don't see it. But he had to get alone. And, mm-hmm. and get his and get his true strength. And the other is people. You know, you have you have people in your life. You know, you both know folks that um, they're just very positive people. You know, uh, sometimes they're not very discerning people, and that's why they're that's why they're so happy go lucky. You know, I've looked at some of them and go, man, they just don't see it. But it's a blessing they don't see it because kind of like watching a child. You know, children don't care what's going on in politics or in world in the world, or they, they don't care about a whole lot of anything. They're just having a good time, and uh, so you 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 make sure you know people to connect with, you know that that are going through life and and realize every, you know everybody in life. God called us to different 
uh, he made us unique and different. So there's a different ministry. Um, you know, I'm at the age, a lot of the men of the church younger than me are retiring. You know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not, I'm not looking for retirement anywhere. And, uh, you know, and, and you don't say you can sit around and think about it and maybe sulk, or you can look at the positive side, but there's people in life that they're not real discerning, but you learn to use them because they're great resources to be around. Um, and you know what I'm talking about? People that make you laugh, people that just, mm-hmm. you know, they're, whether you want to call them an optimist or whatever. And, uh, uh, they're also blinded. Sometimes they're not, they're not the person you want to go to, you know, it's, it's not the guy you want to go for advice and say, should I marry her or should I do this? Because, mm-hmm. you know, that they're going to be like, Oh yeah, you know, that's, they're great. And, uh, but they're good resources, you know, mm-hmm. iron sharp enough iron it would be, would be the best way to answer it. So you have to learn, you know, when you need sharpened, where to go and get sharpened, you know, when you need to, when you need encouraged. And of course the Lord's always there. There's never a time he's discouraged. And, uh, but there's also mm-hmm. people, you know, I know you and Dalton are friends, you know, mm-hmm. and there's going to be times one of you may be down, but the other one will pick him up. That's why God, you know, didn't put us on an Island all by ourselves. Amen. That's, oh, that's the second good. part of your question. So how, how does, you know, actually when people, when people um, aren't doing well, that actually motivates me more. In fact, one of the, one of the things I do, if, if, if things are really going bad and, and I'm discouraged, I learned a long time ago, one of the best things in the world to do is go soul winning. You know, there's a lot of truth in Matthew 28, but, but he made a very specific promise. He said, uh, of course, he gave us command to go you therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. But he says, and lo, I am with you always. There's something about going out and, and forget about yourself, forget about the, your hurt, you know, or, or the hurt of this family, um, you know, what they're going through right now. There's something about you going out and, and reaching someone else and giving them the gospel. The Lord is with you. He promised he'd be with you. I've never went so long that didn't lift my spirit. You know, and there's something about it. If, if things aren't going well, you know, you go out and a couple of people get saved and all of a sudden, um, you know, it, it changes everything. You know, I'll, I'll do this time of year, a lot of funerals, you know, and, and uh, if it's somebody that you're close to, it's discouraging, but there's something, and I know it sounds almost morbid, but when four or five people or maybe a dozen people get saved at the funeral, uh, it kind of counterbalances things a little bit. Amen. That's great. Yeah, there's some good questions there. And, you know, Pastor Lamb, as you talked about uh, encouraging yourself in the Lord and just, you know, iron and sharpen the iron. Uh, when it comes to you know young people, and I'm sure that you you've had this question asked many times, and I think Garrett and I you know, we're going to run into this question uh, all throughout our our tenure as being youth pastors. But uh, a lot of times, young people, no matter if that's you know high school or maybe college or even after college, you know they're looking to to figure out what God's plan for their life is. Is there some advice you'd give? Because uh, we have a lot of listeners that are younger who are trying to figure out what God would want them to do. Uh, is there any advice you would give to those that, that are looking for what God would have them to do? Well, yeah, the advice would be, uh, first of all, you got to lose your will before you can find God's, mm-hmm. you know, and, and sometimes, you know, the first thing, if somebody says, I, you know, they are trying to find the will of God, I'm going to probe a little bit and see, is that what you're saying? Or is that what you, um, is what you're saying, what you really mean? Because sometimes they, they'll just mask it over. 
but once yeah. they once they generally want to find the will of God, God never he doesn't hide it from us. Amen. You know, uh, I can uh, I know you and and Garrett are fairly newly married, and and I know a little bit of your stories. You know, when I married my wife, and I think when you all married, you you can't explain it to folks exactly, but you can say, I know this was God's will. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How do you know that? Because God has a way of making it abundantly clear. Amen. And uh, it may be a series of things. You know, years ago, um, Garrett knows this, Dalton, but I dated my wife now for several years. I went to Dr. Howes and I had the money. I could marry her. I had a lot of things lined up. And uh, we'd already dated for four years. And I, I said, Dr. House, is, is there absolutely positively a way that I can know that this is the right girl? And he said, you really want to know that, don't you? I said, I, I do. It's the biggest thing. My parents had a great marriage. He said, okay. He said, break up with her. I said, what? He <laughs> said, break up with her. He said, for three months, break up with her. He said, if she's the right one, you'll know. And uh, boy, it's the hardest thing I ever did. But I, but we, but we both knew because, and he, and he didn't say just break up. He said, and, and date some other people. Hmm. But anyhow, he was testing to see if I really wanted to know. And I did. And I think the will of God in every area is that way. Once you lose your will, there's some steps you have to take. You know, I've been here 34 years. I know beyond a shadow of a doubt is where I'm supposed to be. And uh, once I lost my will, you know, I went out as an assistant like both of you. I planned on staying there all my life. Garrett's, uh, this summer we were at the church where I was a, uh, uh-huh. assistant pastor. And, um, uh, you know, it, it's a great ministry, wonderful ministry. And uh, it was it was my preacher, you know, so it was a hero, you know, or someone I admired that I looked up to and respected and still do greatly uh, that I was working for. But it became abundant that I that God was moving in a different direction. So then it was a matter of, um, I think, convincing God you really want to know. And uh, the Bible is pretty clear. Uh, a man's heart deviseth his way, but the Lord directeth his steps. So I tell him, mm-hmm. number one lose your will. Number two, make sure you're doing God's will right now because God won't lead you wrong. You know, if you're not doing what you should be doing now, the simple things, the basic things, he's not going to guide you because what good does it do to show you where you should be serving Mm -hmm. or what you should be doing if you're not going to do it when you get there? And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, when I came here, I spent, I asked the preacher, could I, could I stay at the church all night and, uh, and pray? And I, I, one night I stayed up all night about 6 a.m. in the morning. I knew I had my answer. And, um, you know, that's, that's very important. So for a young person, though, a teenager, you know, sometimes, you know, they get ahead of themselves. They want to, you know, they want to know everything now. And I, and I get it. You know, there's that anticipation, you know, like some people they can't stand as Christmas rolls around. They're looking for their gifts. I mean, it's just driving them nuts. They want to know what they're getting. And, uh, you know, sometimes a young person, they, you know, young man wants to know, man, who is she? I want to, I want to know who she is now, where we're going to be. And, and uh, the best thing they can do is just today, just do the basic things because God's God sees mm-hmm. and he knows your heart. And and when your heart is there and you really want to know, he'll reveal it. And it'll be so abundantly clear. Um, you may not be able to explain it to other people, but you don't have to explain it. You know, beyond a shadow mm-hmm. of a doubt. 
Yeah, that, man, that is just, that is great advice. And all the, all the questions that we've asked, um, just great, great answers to that. And for those of you that are listening, you know, whether you are a teenager and you're asking a lot of questions, where am I going to go to college? What am I going to do for my career? You know, who am I going to marry? All these questions that everyone asks themselves, or maybe you might be a young adult and you've passed all those things, but you're looking for the next step. Um, listen to some of these answers and maybe even go back and, and write some notes down of some things that, that you could improve on. Um, I know there's areas in my life that, that my dad's already mentioned that, that I could, I can get better in and we all can. And, um, and we have so much more that we could talk about. Um, but that is all the time that we're going to have for today. And so we, we really appreciate you being on here, dad, and, and all the great answers. Thank you. And, uh, thank you for taking time out of your day to be able to, to make this possible and, and, uh, and praying about it and giving us some, some good advice. We really appreciate yeah, being I, on here. If I could sum that up one, two, three, for a teenager, if they want to find the will of God, first lose theirs. Number two, mm-hmm. seek God and obey him. And number three, get advice. And mm-hmm. before they go to college or whatever, they need to talk to their pastor, their youth director. And there's people that have been down that road that can help them. Yeah, and that's great. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. And if you haven't listened to any of the, uh, the previous episodes, make sure to go back and listen to those Some really good topics that we, we touch on identity, spiritual warfare, um, just discovering different things about the Lord, his grace. And uh, thank you so much for listening again, like and subscribe to the podcast for myself and Dalton signing off for today and have a great day in Jesus.